Hello, Eddie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you so much for joining us over here, Eddie. So, um, can you introduce yourself uh, for our audiences? I'm sure most people who are in the FBA industry know you well, but you know, in case some people don't. Well, there's always new people. It's all. It's no problem. <laughs> uh, again, my name is Eddie Levine. Uh, privileged to be here talking with you all tonight. Um, I've been selling on Amazon since 2012. Um, have gone through a wide range of models in our business uh, over the years, and currently now represent. Um, several dozen brands on the platform, both internationally and domestically. Um, have a lot of experience with managing Amazon and dealing with uh, importing products into the States and uh, kind of uh, an expert, if you will, in terms of uh, new Amazon policy and initiatives and changes. Right. Awesome. Um, so we're going to be talking about the changes that Amazon has recently announced. So uh, can you give an overview of what exactly the changes are and uh, you know what can people expect in the next couple of weeks? Sure. So a lot of the changes mimic um, sort of what happened earlier this year in the springtime, March, April, when the coronavirus started around the nation and Amazon really got bogged down with a lot of traffic. So they had to limit the kinds of products that were being shipped into the fulfillment center. And they also limited quantities that you could send in. It wasn't the, the key difference here is back then they did it almost immediately without any kind of warning whatsoever. This time they give you a lot of heads up, or I should say not a lot of heads up, but they give you at least some kind of advanced notice. So people are trying to figure out what they're going to do before the real uh, meat and potatoes of this kicks in next month. Right. So basically, if you are a seller on the platform outside of being a brand new seller, uh, most sellers will have what's called an IPI score, inventory performance index score, basically a measurement of how well you're controlling your inventory in the Amazon ecosystem, if you will. Right. So that IPI score, it goes as a numerical number, anywhere from one to a thousand. And Amazon basically said that as of, as of August 16th, you need to be at or above 500 to really unlock your unlimited, if you will, or the maximum amount of potential you have, or the maximum amount of storage ability you have at the Amazon distribution warehouses through the end of the year. So you are above that. I'm going, to, I'm going to start there for a second. But if you are at IPI 500 or above as of August 16th, what that's going to mean is you, in theory, have unlimited storage capacity through the end of the year from an account level perspective. Okay. And when I say account level perspective, that's the key thing you need to remember because there's a difference between having unlimited account level storage and having a limit on a per ASIN or a per SKU basis. And that's the, the two differences here. So over 500, you have unlimited account level storage. And the thing to know about that is um, while your account level storage is, is unlimited, means is from a per unit basis, you basically have you basically can send to Amazon up to three months worth of your, your tra you're trailing three months worth of sales. So for example, in the last three months, if you sold, you know, uh, 600 units, that's basically your allowance at any given time of what can be at the FBA fulfillment warehouse. Now, the one thing that kind of counters that is if you have brand new ASINs, things you're trying to launch, get going, and they've not, they've not, don't have a sales history yet, Amazon is limiting you to about 200 units of those to start. Now, you can raise that limit, again, if you're over that 500 IPI, but it's going to take some time to build that history and build that momentum to get there, right? So that's over 500. Now, on the flip side, if you, as of August 16th, are below that 500 IPI number, you're basically not meeting Amazon's threshold in terms of what you potentially, or how basically how they want you to, uh, what they want your account to be um, performing like, you know, 
for the balance of the year. So what they're going to do at that point is not, not only limit you on an ASIN by ASIN level from, 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 his, from sales history, but they're going to put a, a limit on your account overall in terms of what can be sent into the Amazon. So in theory, your account might actually allow you to send even less than 90 days worth of stock because you're not managing your inventory as well as Amazon would like you to, and thereby it might negatively impact your ability to send an inventory, sell product, easier to stock out, things of that nature. And so even now, is there a limit? Um, so, so all of this is effective August 16th, right? But what's happening right now? Because even now people are not able to send in more than 200. And even if their IPI is over 500, sure. there's still a limit of 200, right? So is yeah. that a short-term thing you think? Yeah, so what Amazon did is while they announced this this new um, program or this new regulation, if you will, that's gonna be going into place on August 16th, the same time they announced that they, they basically tweaked their system to where no one could send in, even if you have unlimited storage right now, quote unquote, in your account, you're not able to send in unlimited inventory anymore right now. Um, and that's kind of why I was saying it's it's reminiscent of what happened in the spring in March and April when coronavirus first started. You know, Amazon had to get control on what was going in and out of their facility to try to maximize room for everybody, right? So um, right now, while you don't have that um, 500 limit for say that's currently active or live on the platform, you do have ASIN level restrictions, meaning that if it's a brand new item, that's still in play, 200, use, 200 units per ASIN. And if it's not a brand new item, they're looking at um, about a three months um, sales velocity to, to, to determine what you're able to send into the facility right now. Um, we've probably divided this into two because I think we've got a lot of brand new people who maybe aren't selling yet or who have some products ordered that they're about to ship from mainly from India at the moment. Um, so I think if we could perhaps go back, Eddie, and just try and help these people because they're probably going to be the ones that are struggling the most with this. Um, and could you maybe just explain to start with what is this minimum um, cubic uh, feet limit for people so they actually understand? Some of them might not never have come across this as yet. Yeah, so when you're a brand new seller, Amazon really doesn't know how well you're going to manage your inventory, right? So they give you uh, like a like a starter pack, if you will, or a starter size of, of a storage limit that you can send into Amazon while they evaluate your performance. So fulfillment by Amazon, the FBA program is what it's called, when Amazon does your fulfillment throw of every single order you make to the customer directly. So you're not shipping individual orders in your 3PL, for example, it's not shipping individual orders. Amazon is doing it for you. That's what FBA is. Um, but until you build up some history, Amazon is giving you just a little bit of a, an allowance to, to basically prove yourself and prove that you can stay on top of your stock. So until you get that history under your belt, um, Amazon is going to limit what you can send in tube to the um, fulfillment centers. And then once you gain again, uh, again, momentum and velocity, that limit will hopefully increase over time. But again, I should stress that a lot of that is fluid depending on what happens in, you know, in the, in the world and in the U S these days. And, um, a lot of questions are still up in the air in terms of what will happen for the balance of the year with everything's in kind of flux right now. Yeah, and look, I think at the moment most new people that I see are getting only about 100 cubic feet. Now, do you think that will change on August the 16th or they're going to, that's going to get worse or better? Because it, what it will mean is a lot of people won't even be able to get in. They might be allowed 200 ASINs, but they might only be able to get in 50 depending on the size 
of their product. So um, yep. do you want to perhaps cover that one of how they can perhaps, I don't know how they're going to get around it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, the two things really. One, you should always look at Amazon as a platform that's never going to stay consistent. It's always going to change. That's just the Amazon model, right? Amazon is always tweaking things, changing rules, um, changing how they do things. And it's not necessarily for the benefit of the seller. It's the, for the benefit of the buyer and for the buyer experience. You have to understand that. So what they change may not be good for you. It's going to be ultimately good for their customers. That's what they care about. And number two, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about ASIN level restrictions and account level restrictions, because that 100 cubic feet that you mentioned, that's an account level restriction. So that's going to cover all of your ASINs. So let's say you're launching 10 products, 20 products, whatever it is. If you have that 100 cubic foot uh, limit on your product or on your, on your account in total, again, that's going to cover all of your ASINs. So if you have big products, you might not be able to send more than 50, maybe 20, maybe 30, depending on the size of your units. I mean, it's all now going by cubic footage instead of uh, pure quantity of product. So you could be uh, severely limited and that could um, really force you into using a 3PL or someone who can tr uh, trickle feed stock into Amazon so that you don't stock out. Yeah, now with 3PLs, a lot of people are coming to me and saying, should I ship everything into a 3PL? Should I put some straight into Amazon? Do you want to go over in your advice and what you think um, they should be doing in those respects and what's the most cost effective, I think, as well? I mean, I think you should, you think you should send as much stock into Amazon as you possibly can, but you have to be smart about it. You don't want to send in stock that's going to sit for a long period of time. Amazon has made it very clear that they don't want to have, they don't want to be your long-term storage solution. They don't want to be your 3PL. They want to be a temporary warehouse while the goods are being sold on the platform and then they want to ship it out. Anything that's in Amazon for a longer period of time is going to end up doing more damage than good on your account from a performance aspect and it's going to rack up those extra storage fees long term. So, you know, when we when we sell it, send in our product that we sell, we're usually sending in 45 to 60 days, 60 days worth of stock at a time. And I understand that that's potentially difficult if you don't have a lot of sales history already or as a net new item. But what I like to do is I like to start slow, send in a little bit at a time just to see how it performs and then gradually pick up the pace. Because in my mind, it's better to you know, if, I, if I'm going to stock out, I want to stock out towards the beginning so I can correct it fast versus overstocking and then impacting the ability to send in more products for later on. Yeah, and too, I think um, people need to be aware if you have to pull some stock out because you've got something in there that's not selling, it is very difficult. It's a long process because it might be sent from one side of um, America to the other. By the time they get it all back to you, it's usually probably not sellable anyway, so it's probably even half the time not worth taking the stock back out. Uh, so it, I it, think it, it takes time. There's fees involved, uh, but sometimes and right now they have a fee waiver program, but usually there's fees to remove inventory um, and it's it, it can impact the ability for you to send in that same stock later on. So it's not a, it's not a route that you want to go after. Yeah, so really you'd recommend that most newbies go straight into a 3PL and just take a small quantity across? Yeah, if you if you have a 3PL partner, that's probably your best bet, especially if you're new, just because you can really, you either you or they or both of you and as a team can really control that inventory, watch your sales, and then because your 3PL will be located domestically, it's usually not going to be, you know, it's not like you're going to wait for the product to come overseas, you know, it's already in the country, so that's going to speed up the process when you have to go to send more product. Okay, now um, that probably helps a lot of the new people, but gets, can we move on to, um, I suppose, the more experienced sellers? Um, now, with the new restrictions coming in, if you've already got a shipment that you did 
three or four weeks to go for you know a thousand units is that going to affect the um like the limit when you might be able to get it in but what happens then if you're you know uh, limit is you know 200 per ace and, and you've put in a thousand are you going to start getting charged excess on that if it's above your capacity yeah so it depends you know I, I, <laughs> a lot of people answer questions like this with it depends and i've learned that i hate to answer that question but i feel like now i'm using it myself and that's just how it is but um so i want to take a step back a couple things People are asking me commonly these days, they say, well, in order to get around the new restrictions that are coming into place as of August 16th, why don't I just create all my shipments now before all those limits technically go into place and then I'm kind of locked in, right? The problem with that is if you if you have a shipment built out, but you haven't officially marked it as shipped and it's not complete, Amazon's a system could still potentially flag that later as now you're over limit and it won't let you fully process that shipment. So it's not gonna be foolproof, right? And then if you do process that shipment um, completely, what could happen is, you know, your you could be automatically over your limit, not uh, from an account perspective. You could, um, you know, preventing that will prevent you from sending in anything else that you might have thought you wanted to send in, right? Because because now you've maxed out all your possible inventory before you even started, right? Um, the other thing is with when when you do that, um, Amazon has a help page, and I can actually post the link out uh, on. Uh, under this uh, video if you'd like, but they have a help page which describes their right as a company and as a part of their seller policy that if you go over your stored limit, they can charge you for that excess amount, right? Mm -hmm. And there's different levels of those charges or different fees involved depending on how much you truly are over and how long you're gonna be over for. So it's kind of a whole chart for it. But the million dollar question is, you know, Amazon has made these changes very recently, they did it, you know, about a week and a half ago, and it's going into effect relatively soon, uh, being in August 16th. And, and when I say soon, I say soon mainly because a that's a month away, but but two, you know, the IPI score that I was talking about, it's usually updated weekly. So you have essentially, you know, three to four updates until it's locked in. That's not a lot of time to make adjustments, right? So um, you know, when you when you're looking at that. The million dollar question is, is Amazon going to um, charge by by the by way of what they say in their terms and conditions or because they've made this change, are they going to have to the seller? And that's honestly to be decided. No one really knows for sure. I mean, that, that policy is there, but their announcements stop short of stating, hey, this will be in effect or we're not going to do this because, you know, there's not a lot of time to react. So uh, we'll see what happens in August. Yeah, because I have read it was ten dollars a cubic foot of you, yeah, which is like very expensive. I mean, and perhaps going back, um, people probably don't all know that in Q four, which is October, November, December, we're up for is it two dollars sixty five or do you know exactly? I've, it's, I've lost track exactly. It's around that. Yeah, and, and, cubic you're, foot. and you're paying storage fees per month. It's not like a one mm. fee. I mean, you're paying for as long as it's here. So, so how can people? improve their IPI score. I guess that's something that we should be focusing on right now, right? I mean, we have a couple of weeks to do that. So what are some steps that people can take? I mean, people who have inventory in, in Amazon, you know? Yeah, I mean, you don't, the, the key thing, the key here is a couple, a couple things. One, inventory age. You don't want to have inventory sitting for a really long period of time. Try to keep it under two months if you can of stock. That's at Amazon in terms of sales block. The other thing is, you know, the thing that's going to, what you have to look at is the thing that's going to pull your score up, 
not necessarily that's going to impact your score, but what's going to help your score go up. And that's really going to be sales and overall um, inventory. So when you inventory turnover, right? So when you look at it and I say, and I, and if I tell you, for example, Hey, don't uh, run out of stock or don't, um, you know, you know, don't, don't have inventory that's not moving plus um, stock that's just, you know, sold out. What I mean, what I want you to look at is you have to consider that if you have stock uh, or have stuff listed at Amazon and you don't have stock that can sell and that can move, you're, you're missing the chance to increase your score by not having that stock there and not having the, the sales velocity continue to go, right? So when you don't have stock there or because you mismanage your account or you mismanage your inventory allowance, you're limiting the ability for that for those sales that normally would happen to pull up your score, right? So you have to look at it from the big picture. If you if you mismanage the account, it's going to prohibit you from sending into the stock that you need to increase your turnover rate and increase your sell through, which is then in theory going to bring up your IPI score. So a lot of sellers look at it as, oh well, you know, I just I have a lot of stale inventory, and if I pull out my inventory. Uh, and remove that excess that I'm going to be good. Well, not really, because pulling back old inventory is just one part of the equation. Actually increasing your sell-through rate and, and proving to Amazon that you can move through that inventory is what's really going to help you. Now, too, also, I think there's a lot of delays, and most people probably on here have been affected with trying to get some stock into Amazon for the last month or so. Mm -hmm. um, and do you see those delays as just being a temporary thing while they're clearing out the warehouse on praying, or is it going to be like that for the rest of the year? Ooh, buckle up. It's going to That's about the easiest question for me to answer. Uh, it's a bumpy ride. Uh, look, you know, I was actually talking to one of my clients about this earlier today who, who is trying to get, he's a, he's a larger volume shipper, right? So he's trying to get containers delivered to Amazon directly from whether it be from India or from China, doesn't matter, but we're trying to, trying to bring containers directly to Amazon. Well, you know, from an unloading perspective at Amazon to unload a floor loaded container is a lot more uh, time consuming, and a lot more work. So those appointments at most Amazon's most Amazon facilities are being pushed all the way into September right now. We're only in late July. That's a long time. Um, when you have a when you have deliveries at Amazon that are, you know, palletized or going by truck, those are a little bit faster. But even so, because so many carriers are consolidating loads from different shippers, and because um, you know there's such a backlog of stuff that's going into the facility, many sellers are reporting that it's taking a long time for that for the for that receiving to happen. Um, Amazon knows this clearly. They're making these changes to try to, you know, to try to help them with this backlog and try to help get things received. But quite honestly, you know, the, I did a write up on this about about Amazon's changes and what I gathered from that announcement that Amazon made is that they're basically sending out a warning signal saying that this impact of the of the demand, you know, relation to the virus and everything else that's going around is something that they've been working on all year. They've been trying to get ahead of it, but they haven't been able to fully, you know, get ahead of it. I mean, it wasn't long before the virus started that Amazon changed Prime from two day to, in theory, one day Prime, but I haven't seen one day Prime for months, right? So Amazon has failed to get in front of this as much as they would like to. And the way I, the way I translated the message that they posted for all the sellers is that, we don't envision that we're going to be able to solve this problem in the very near future. And therefore you should expect these delays and you should expect that the, that we're going to have these limits in place for, for at least for a while, because it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a bumpy road. 
Yeah, look, I've even tried just putting in like eight cartons, thinking, well, maybe if I put in, um, there's the question there that uh, Jenny's got yeah. with small carton loads. Um, I've tried eight cartons and it's still been sitting there for two weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, not, not even making any difference, I don't think, whether it's small or large. I mean, it depends on the facility, it depends on the sellers. Some, report, some, are, some are reporting it's faster than others, but honestly, you've got to, when it comes to this question, you've got to understand how Amazon receives inventory. It's not like your, if, if I ship, you know, uh, UPS packages from my facility today, and even if it's going to the Amazon facility that's, you know, a mere 50 miles from me, normally that would be a one-day transit time and then it would be received. But Amazon has such a backlog and they're consolidating all of the inbound freight onto massive trailers and then dropping them off at Amazon. But even if yours gets dropped off at Amazon the next day, if they've got 80 trailers in front of you, it might be quite a bit of time before they get to your trailer. So it's kind of like, you know, once it's once it's in, it's in, but they're going in first come, first serve. So it can be a, a quite a long process. Right. Yeah. A couple of other questions here. So Cindy's asking if currently excess inventory, stranded inventory and restock is 100%. But sell through is just above the yellow. Will I be able to reach above 500? So it's hard to say because what's currently displayed on those metrics is not exactly live in terms of data. There's a delay there, so you know you might see that your colors don't match your score, and that's because it's not updating you know in real time. So the best thing you can do is is try to hit those all those metrics that are listed there as as best as you possibly can, and, and increase you know that to the best of your ability. Um, in terms of being able to reach above 500, you know trying to calculate and see if that's going to happen. Really hard to, really, really hard to say. Um, I would definitely focus on the ability to reduce your um, your old stock and also you know, make sure that any stock that you currently, or any items that you currently have at Amazon that could sell are in fact restocked if you're able to do that so that you can increase your turnover rate for Amazon. Um, but again, you know, the IPI score, it's something that's updated about once a week. So, you know, I wish that Amazon would update this every day to give sellers a better idea of where they stood. You know, only being able to update this score three times until August 16th hits, um, that's a really sh big shot in the dark for a lot of sellers versus if Amazon would just update this, you know, even three times a week, um, it would be tremendously helpful. But unfortunately, you know, sellers, most sellers are gonna have to wait uh, for that Sunday, Monday time frame every week to see what that IPI uh, difference is for their account. Right. So Tricia is saying, just for clarification, if my IPI is more than 500 and my limit is 200, any current stock levels over 200 won't be affected or are they subject to the increased storage fees? So if your IPI is over 500, the only, if your IPI, if your IPI is over 500, the only time you should have a limit of 200 per ASIN is for new products that you bring to market. Um, if it's not a new product and you're over 500 IPI, your limit in theory should be a, th a trailing three month sales velocity. So, you know, if you sold 900 units in the last three months, that in theory should be your limit for that ASIN. Um, that's kind of how that works for over 500 IPI. Um, increased storage fees, you shouldn't have that if you're over 500 IPI because you won't have an account level limit per se. Right. So when you say brand new items, you mean an item that is not sold by others in Amazon or an item of a brand new store? Yeah, so this is a really good question and it's, you must understand this. When I say brand new items, that means a net new listing or a net new item to your seller account. It does not have to be, it does nothing to do with being new on the platform. If it's sold by another seller, it doesn't impact you whatsoever. It, you know, it, take an item, right? Any item, if I was gonna sell this, this wireless mouse right on Amazon, if this was selling by another seller a thousand units a month, 
But then I went to sell this in my catalog as a brand new item, my limit would be 200, even though it I'm probably going to blow through that really quickly if, you know, if it's an item that's selling really fast. Um, but at least to start for me as a seller, it's going to be 200. Right. Are Asian specific limits ever less than 200? So, uh, hi, Denise. I know Denise quite well. Um, <laughs> so yes, they could be, if you have, um, if you have an account level restriction, if you're mainly, I'm talking to the sellers who are under 500. So you're going to, if you're under 500, especially if that, you know, come that, uh, August 16th timeframe, you're going to have an account level restriction. And due to that account level restriction, it may then limit you from sending in anywhere close to 200 for an item because your account level restriction is going to trump an ASIN level restriction. So when you think of which restriction is worse than the other, which is better, you want to stick to those ASIN level limits if you can, as opposed to an account level, because an ASIN obviously, obviously impacts one item, whereas an account is everything that's under the umbrella. Right. So Simone is asking, is it a crazy idea for newbies to switch to FBM? You know what? I did that. I went to FBM for a, a lot of items in, in uh, March and April when this whole initial, you know, essential only thing happened with Amazon and it was kind of like an overnight switch. I don't ever want to do it again. Um, it was a lot of headaches. Um, that, that being said, that being said, you know, in, in March and April, we didn't have a choice. It was Amazon wasn't accepting anything, you know, so it was like, do you want to sell anything at all or do you want to sell something and have to deal with the problem. So that's, we, we went the, when we, we went that way, but here's my advice for switching to FBM. It's not about just flipping a switch and then, you know, fulfilling, having a 3PL fulfill your orders or, or having someone fulfill it for you. That's, that's part of it, but you have to consider things like what's it going to do to your overall profitability? There, is there software to invest in? Is there hardware to invest in? Is there extra people to invest in extra services on the 3PL that you can invest in? You've really got to do in a total, complete redo of your profitability and figure out how your uh, profit margins change when you switch to the FBM model. Most sellers don't do that well enough, and then they end up losing a lot of money. Right. So Monica is asking: Should new sellers hold off until after Q4 to launch and hope that the dust settles a bit? No, <laughs> no, no time like the present. Get going. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I mean, with from an impact level perspective, from you know what's happened with the virus and, and how thing, how that's changed e-commerce, it's very category specific. So a lot of categories are up through the roof. There are there are a lot of categories that you know are stable, and there's some categories that are really far down. It really depends on what you're selling, right? But e-commerce as a whole, there's no doubt that e-commerce traffic has risen. I mean, that's that's argument, argument there. So um, I don't I don't not recommend it to any seller that they hold off from a launch because you know, first and foremost, you want to take care of, you want to take advantage of that traffic. But second off, no one really has a, has a, you know, a, a crystal ball on what's going to happen in January. I mean, I think the majority of us were sitting here in, in March and April thinking, yeah, this will be over by the summer and we'll be free and clear. I mean, here we are, at least in the U S we have a lot of problems right now. So, um, I would say get going. Um, I don't think it's worth waiting, do what you can and then, and then adapt as, as time goes on. Right. Let's take a couple more questions here before we start wrapping up. So um, there seems to be have some problems with buy box rotations recently and affect a lot of seller sales. Do you think it would be a long term change or just for now? I can't really comment on this specifically because we we with our products, we're not sharing the buy box with other sellers since we're, we're you know, exclusively selling our products. I have heard about this. 
Um, but I have to be quite honest with you, Cindy, I haven't looked into this with a whole lot of detail. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hearing from both sides of the coin where some sellers are reporting that it's not a problem, other sellers are reporting that it is a problem. So I, I personally don't have a lot of experience there. Does the limit apply to big volume items? If the items are small, does the limit still apply? Sure so do. For <laughs> unit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Matter. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I've talked to a lot of big sellers about this, and every single one of them is impacted. Not, no one has been granted any kind of, uh, uh, you know, exception to the rule. Right. Okay. Let's take this last question. So I've been selling for thirty days. No IPI. Would stock about to run out in the next two weeks? Running out is inevitable. New stock at least two months away. What is the best action to take? Keep up the sales momentum up, or try and slow sales down. Example: higher price, less PPC. Again, another question with a lot of debate. I personally don't like to slow um, sales down, you know, on purpose. You know, if I'm going to try to sell out inventory, I'm going to, I want to try to sell it out. Um, most of my experience has been that if I can, uh, you know, sell out inventory, you know, the listing and the advertising, I, I kind of equate it to muscle in the human body. It, muscle has memory, right? So I have found that um, when I do it that way, and if I sell out and if I sell out of inventory and then I send back stock. Um, normally I can bounce back pretty quick. That's just been my experience. Other sellers will, will disagree with me and that's fine. Um, but that's been my experience. I, I personally do not raise prices or, or try to slow down velocity just to try to preserve stock. Right. Um, are there delays with account openings? Anybody heard of that? Um, account openings, I haven't heard about that, no. Right. All right, great. Thank you so much, Eddie, for sharing all of that information. So do you also want to talk about your own services? And I'll also display the email address over here in case people have questions or want to reach out to you. So do you want to tell people about your, your 3PL services and you know what kind of services you offer? Yeah, so our business is located in Chicago, Illinois, which is the center of the nation in the US. Um, from a distribution perspective, we are near a lot of Amazon locations. Um, so we can get in pretty quickly once we consolidate our, uh, you know, customer shipments with each other and, and send in, you know, full truckloads at a time. Um, so we are a full service 3PL, uh, can handle everything from sending into Amazon to doing fulfillment by merchant, uh, to doing, you know, helping you with importing products into the U S if you're doing, you know, anywhere from small to large volumes. But, um, you know, it, it's, I think from a seller perspective, you really make how to make sure that you um, have the right partner for you to, for this holiday season and making sure that they can uh, fit the needs of your specific business. So um, for anyone who's looking for 3PL or needs some solutions that um, might you know help them with their business, feel free to email our team at the email address listed below. Um, one of our team members can came back to you and talk to you about your needs specifically and figure out if we are indeed that right fit for you. Awesome. All right, Eddie, thank you so much. And I will see you around, hopefully in India, for some chicken tikka masala, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eddie. I'm Eddie. My appetite is so basic. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie loves spicy food. <laughs> All right. Take care, Eddie. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, Eddie. Cheers.